Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out Me podcast. I am here with the one and only Brie Noble. Did you miss her? It's been a couple months since she's been on, but now we're back. <laughs> we are back with a vengeance. Yes, yes. We have a really exciting episode planned today. We're going to talk about why our last couple launches were so successful. And if you have been listening or you've been following us for a while, you know that back in June, we launched Out to Launch, the program that we run together for coaches and teachers in the music industry who are launching their new online program. And that launch went really well. And after that, both Bree and I separately launched things. And I would say those things went easily well. <laughs> that, that's not proper English, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about why that was the case, because it's not just a coincidence that our last uh, launches after Out to Launch went super well and were extra easy. Um, so we're going to walk through that today. Are you excited, Bree? I am. <laughs> And this was Bree's idea for an episode, which is so brilliant because I think as we were going through it, I know as I was going through it, when I launched out to launch Patreon, which was the program uh, that we'll talk about, I was sort of just like, oh, okay, this is going suspiciously well almost. And, uh, <laughs> but not thinking too much of it until we looked back and we we're like, of course it went that well because we had warmed up our audience so much. So Anyway, before we get to the juicy stuff, let's rewind. We wrapped up our out to launch launch end of June, like literally last day of June. <laughs> so we go into July. We're not really doing much except just thinking about what the next steps are. Did you, Brie, have anything planned that you like? Did you know exactly what you were going to be doing in the next months to come at that point? Not really. I mean, I was on vacation the second half of half of July. I I didn't like I, I had a few vague things that I was going to do. I kind of had this idea of like for this higher touch program, but it was completely not formulated in any way. And a lot of times I'll go on vacation and I'll have that like separation from my business. And that's where these things kind of kind of come to fruition and it was interesting that like, I don't think necessarily the, the coaching program got fully formed then, but my idea to close my membership, I think happened during that, um, during that vacation time period. And also, you know, kind of our combined idea of like, and, and we'll talk about this in a minute of like the, the serendipitousness of how you decided to actually launched the out to launch patreon and the, and how i was like oh i want to be a part of that yeah and yeah. it just kind of all worked together but that was all kind of happened during my vacation it's funny you say that because the epiphany i had about out to launch patreon happened while i was sitting at the pool so mm -hmm. <laughs> good things do come when you take a break and you take a step back which i think is what we both did in july i spent a lot of time at the pool in july <laughs> and you were on vacation and um, so I guess what came first was out to launch Patreon. And that was a program that I did end up launching in August that I wasn't necessarily intending to do. Now, a little bit of backstory and context for anyone who doesn't know, but I first ran out to launch in January of 2021. And when I ran the program the first time, it was for anyone launching anything, basically anyone in the music industry launching a program or launching a Patreon. So it was both and. And of course, now the program is run with Bree and I, and it is specifically focused on coaching programs or teaching programs online. So in the program we run, we don't talk about Patreon at all. That being said, during our launch, I had been getting some questions like, are you doing a Patreon version? You know, can people from join us to do a Patreon? So the, after our program, I was like, you know what, let me just let me just put a feeler out because I was getting a couple questions about this and I just want to see where my audience is at because I don't want to brush over this if there's something there. And this is something I've been doing a lot more recently and I have to say it's worked out really well. Literally just asking my audience, 
what do you want? Or do you want this? <laughs> or would you be interested in this? And uh, in this case, it worked out spe spectacularly because I sent an email out to my list. I posted on Instagram as well, but I actually want to stress that I don't even have a really big email list. Most of my leads and most of my uh, momentum and validation of this idea came from my email list. So I sent out an email to my list and I said, hey guys, I've been getting some questions about this. Reply back if you would be interested in out to launch Patreon edition. And within like 24 hours, I got 15-ish replies. And, that, and so that's like immediately people who saw the email immediately reached out. Again, it might not sound like a lot, but for that to happen almost immediately um, for my relatively small list and for a program where we would not let in any more than 15 people, that was a pretty good sign <laughs> that there were that many people willing to take action and raise their hands without having any information or context saying, I want in on this. Yeah, even a little bit more backstory, like when we were talking to people during the Out to Launch launch, and I know I had conversations with a few people that actually ended up joining Out to Launch Patreon. Yeah. They, they had known that like the previous version included Patreon or they had like been attracted by the idea of having help launching something and were applying it in their own mind to the Patreon. And we had separated that out because we felt like it was going to serve the students better to really focus it versus like try to, you know, launching anything that's a little bit broad. Right. But, um, we, I had had conversations with people that were like, well, actually what I really wanted to launch was a Patreon. Like I might want to launch a program later, but this is kind of what's on my mind now. And so, you know, we had had that and then, you know, you had done this other research as well. And so there was a lot of validation there, like not just like throwing it out on stories, but like people yeah. could DMing you and I had had conversations with people. And we also knew that in the very first version of the program, there were people that joined that had wanted that were doing yeah. a Patreon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was funny because the one person who was really persistent about asking me didn't end up joining because she just wasn't ready. She, she would have, but she just wasn't quite ready in her music career yet. But she, she's the reason it all happened because I had one person who like over and over was like, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? And I was like, okay, okay, let me, let me see about this. Which is um, so ironic. Like, this is a, another iron, ironic thing too, is that she ended up joining my academy after that. No <laughs> way. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's hilarious. So she will be ready eventually for your program. Yeah, exactly. She will be ready. But I mean, that also goes to show that like both of us doing the out to launch, uh, launch, we'll, we'll talk more about how it warmed up our audiences. But I think that just the fact that we were out there together sort of stimulating both of our audiences allowed us to cross pollinate. And like some of my people joined your academy, obviously we ended up doing an affiliate launch, which we'll get to in a second. And so a lot of your people joined out to launch Patreon, um, but it helps because even though people might not have been interested or ready for out to launch, cause they weren't sure about launching a program yet, they were possibly interested in out to launch Patreon and even if they weren't ready for that, they still had the opportunity to join one of our other courses and chose to invest in themselves. And I think the reason for that is, uh, is largely how we showed up and the fact that they, they could see what the future was like for them, either doing a Patreon or doing a, a program, et cetera. And if they weren't ready yet, they knew that they were ready to take action to start to get there. That's right. And, and, and people take certain, you know, different routes, right? People take circuitous paths to get there. And some of those people, like they may have just been at the point where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I really like these people and I'm going to follow them on Instagram. You know what I mean? So it, 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 the fact that she ended up joining my academy totally could just have been from like she saw during out to launch. Then she started following me on Instagram. Like you never know where people come from, but that's why you just have to keep showing up. Yeah, exactly. you have to like be out there, be educating, be authentic, you know, really build always working on your audience and your community because you never know where people are at in their journey when they come into your world and they may be ready for you tomorrow and they'd be ready six months down the line. 
Yeah. Or even longer than that. <laughs> yep. For but, sure. Yeah. Okay. So as we said, we had, you know, done the launch, we came out of it. Um, I was taking some time to evaluate what I wanted to do next. We knew we were going to relaunch out to launch in the fall. While we didn't have the exact date lined up, we had an idea of when that was going to be. And so I was toying around with my next steps and I pursued the idea. I sent the email out to my list. I said, do you want this? We got a lot of feedback and I messaged Brie literally at the pool, voice messaging her on Voxer being like, Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> and and um, you had we had previously talked about if I'm gonna do this, we would do an affiliate launch tier list. Um, and that was particularly validated, I think, during our out to launch launch because we were seeing a lot of people who were like maybe not so into coaching, but were expressing interest in Patreon, as you had said. Um, so I reached out and I was like, all right, here's the deal. I think I'm going to do this. Um, as you guys know, I just got back from Paris. I was in Paris the month of December. So this is July. I'm thinking I'm, I'm not doing anything in Paris. It's August now. I was thinking about launching the, uh, the mastermind at that time. Uh, or excuse me, it was July, but I was thinking about August and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I was like, here's the deal. I think that this might be... <laughs> I think this might be it. I think I have to do this. And uh, I think I have to do it in August before I leave for Paris. And here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I remember you just being like, I miraculously have a wide opening in my schedule, which like never happens. Let's do it. <laughs> like the timing was impeccable, truly, I think. It was, it was. And it was partly because of the fact that I was on vacation. I remember Voxering at when I was at the lake and I had specifically not planned anything for the week that I got back because I didn't want to like crowd my schedule and have to be thinking I wanted to actually be on vacation. Um, and so I had nothing planned for that week. And I'm like, let's do an impromptu workshop. And I knew that this would be valuable to my audience which is always like my first criteria of whether I'm going to bring somebody in to do a workshop for my audience. Like, yeah, it's cool that I might make some commissions or whatever, but like, to me, I want to make sure that this is something that they want to learn that they can use. And if they come away with it and don't join out to launch Patreon, they have still learned a ton. And so I think the way we set up the workshop that we did um, which I thought was really, really awesome that yeah. it was very, very personalized. People could ask questions in advance. We actually brought them on and they could ask their question and you could get a little deeper with them about their own situation. That was really valuable. Yeah. And to give some uh, like play by play of what I did, because if you're listening to this, you probably are interested in launching. So I'm sure you're curious. I ended up reaching out to everyone who had replied to my email and I was like, all right, this is happening. Let's hop on a call and talk and see if it's a good fit. Then um, once Brie and I decided we were going to do the affiliate launch, I basically just set the dates for the launch in general and um, went ahead and started launching it to my email list and to my social media. I didn't do a launch event to my list. And the reason was because not only was this launch very impromptu, but also my list already knows me and they were already really warmed up from our out to launch launch. So I didn't really see it necessary to do a pre-launch event to them. Um, you know, maybe if I had had more time to plan it, I would have, but people were already expressing interest. It just wasn't necessary. So I started launching to my list and then we started planning in a very quick turnaround this event with Breeze List. The reason we wanted to do the event with Breeze List is because they don't all know me. Some of them did, but most of them, even if they saw me, they didn't talk to me about Patreon specifically. So we wanted to make sure that there was extra touch point there, of course. And Bria has a, a big list. It's a great way to funnel people in and actually see who is specifically interested in this and be able to target them in her emails and in the content we're sending out and not just be flooding like everyone. <laughs> and also, uh, don't forget that I had done a podcast with you back in February about Patreon. And I was like, you know, I can really point them to this. So yeah. I can show that you have exp expertise in this area, you know? And so it was a really good fit as far as 
having already kind of warmed them up to the idea that like, this is your jam. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we had like a week or two to kind of throw it together. Like a week. I mean, we were like doing planning stuff while it was at the lake, but you know, (laughs) but it was easy though. I just remember being very easy. Like I, because what we ended up doing was a very simple Q and a, we didn't prepare a presentation. Uh, we kept it very simple. So all was required was a landing page, which I just replaced some graphics, you know, copy, paste, replace um, some graphics to, to promote the launch event. And then a couple emails that went out to promote it. And then we showed up and we, we really just did a Q and a, and it was really fun and really successful. And I think people loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And they were really engaged and we took questions ahead of time. We had a lot of people submit questions. Um, a lot of people really active in the chat and a lot of people who were on that, who ended up joining, of course, not everyone, but I would say most of the people who joined it had from you had been on that live. Mm-hmm. And it was eye-opening for us, I think, because in the past we've done so much of like three-day challenges and slides and all this stuff. And to be able to just hop on and be like, all right, guys, what are your questions? <laughs> and have it go so well was relieving and, and again, fun and, and a lot less stressful than having to do something super fancy or high tech and and whatnot yeah and i i think they were also because of our out to launch launch like they were super prepared for me to bring you in as a guest so it was like it felt super normal it wasn't like oh who is this person you know obviously i bring people in on occasion but like it was it was very seamless as far as like oh of course you know we've seen her before yeah you were on my podcast multiple times you know all of that beforehand Yeah, exactly. So it worked out really well. We did the affiliate launch that way. And of course I was launching to my own list. Um, and that was it. And then I was on calls for like a week straight. And I have to say after that, I was definitely like, okay, I cannot do this many sales calls because I'm so exhausted (laughs) because it takes so much energy. It was like a marathon because I was trying to squeeze it all in before my last week, week and a half before leaving for Paris. Cause I wanted to do nothing but prep for Paris that week. And, uh, it was intense, but we ended up, I mean, selling out as I guess some somewhat subjective, depending on how many spots you have, but I was saying I wanted between 10 and 15, no more than 15. And we ended up with 12 students. So yeah, I would say we sold out <laughs> and it was the most, Um, I think we've ever sold in a high ticket program like that, because usually with the high ticket programs, we don't let any more than like 10 to 15 in and they tend to be a little bit smaller. So this would, for something that we, I literally just like pulled out of my butt out of nowhere, super quickly. (laughs) Um, obviously I I've already had a lot of the content and curriculum created for out to launch Patreon because that's a part of the first iteration of out to launch. Um, but to decide that I was going to move forward with it and to launch it in such a quick turnaround and have that result, like a sold out result was very exciting. Uh, and I think it really, again, spoke to all of the warming up that we had done in the months prior, even though it was from a different program. What do you think about that, Brie? No, I totally agree. I mean, I think if we would have just done that out of nowhere, you know, it wouldn't have been the same. Like even with all the, the information from people, you know, asking for it and all that, that was really good. And that is enough to like justify doing it. But the fact that it was able to follow up something we had already done that we'd spent a lot of time warming up the audience for. I think that made it like a home run. Yeah. And I think the fact that it was around launching, because at first I was like, I don't get it. Like, why is this happening? And I was like, well, even though I wasn't talking about launching a Patreon in our out to launch warm up, we were still talking about launching and all of that stuff applies to launching a Patreon. You know, it might be applied in a slightly more specific way, but it all applies. So if they were paying attention, they were paying attention and they were warmed up and they were thinking about what they were going to launch. Um, so yeah, it went so well and it was, really nice to be able to have the validation from the, for the program and know that I was doing something that my audience truly wanted. That was also the fun part is to be able to say, Oh, you know what? This came just because I asked 
<laughs> I asked what my audience wanted and they told me, and this is what we're doing instead of trying to like launch something they didn't want or simply just not launching it at all. And, and knowing that I could be providing something super easily that they're desiring. Uh, and I think a lot of people sometimes miss the mark on that, where they think their audience wants something or they want to create something, but their audience doesn't really want it. And then they go to sell it and there's kind of a disconnect there. And it's not to say that you shouldn't be creating it, but if your audience doesn't want it, you need a different audience to sell to, or you need to create an offer that your audience actually wants. So that was a key thing there is that my audience really wanted this, which is why it was so successful. And so did yours. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Anything else that we should mention when it comes to out the out to launch Patreon launch? I feel like we covered it all, but <laughs> we did. We covered a lot. I think the one thing is we really loved the format that we did for that you know, the, the thing we did with my audience and your, and, and you coming in and doing the workshop with the questions and all that. Yeah. And, you know, we had come out of a challenge and we'd been a little frustrated that there wasn't a lot of engagement. And this was like the polar opposite. Like there was so much engagement yeah. at the event. And we saw that people were really joining because they got their questions answered specifically. I remember some, you know, specific people, they got some like super aha moments yeah. on that workshop and they were like ready to join. So I think that we were like, this is something we're definitely going to use in the future. And actually one last thing I want to say with that, well, two, the first is I think that that also really helps people buy into it. And here's why. Sometimes when you get on a webinar, it can feel like, okay, I know I'm here to be sold to like, yes, I'm going to learn. But I also know that like, at the end of the day, they're trying to sell me something. And for the Q&A, like, yes, we were also going to talk about how to launch Patreon and quote unquote, sell them whatnot. But a lot of people showed up just sort of being like, is Patreon for me? Should I actually do this? What does this actually look like? And, um, I showed up in a very, as did you agree, but in a very non-biased way. Like at the end of the day, I'm not here to swindle people into a program or convince them Patreon's a good fit or not. And so I think on the call, we really did talk about the pros, the cons, like, is this really for you? Is this not? What is this going to look like? What should you actually Oh my gosh. I remember specifically, there was a person that was asking about how they were managing an artist and they, and that the artist did not want to like show up on social media and like, didn't want to do certain things. And you're like, well, if they don't want to do that, then this is not for them because this mm -hmm. is requiring them to do some deliverables that they need to commit to. Yes. I was thinking of that exact example. <laughs> because it's true. Like, and that matters. Like me telling someone this is not for you. Don't join this program. Don't do it. Or usually I don't, you know, place like a hard thing. I would say my suggestion is it sounds like this is not ideal. Here's where, where I'd look instead. I would never say to someone, you can't do this or you can't join this. But I think that helped that and many other small instances of really just clarifying again, the expectations, what it looks like helps people to be more trustworthy of us because they can see that we're not just trying to like blindly sell people. We're not trying to set unrealistic expectations or sell like a dream of if you launch a Patreon, you can just sit on the beach for the rest of your life. It's, it wasn't like that. It's not like that. And that helps to build trust uh, with your audience and with potential clients to see that this could be a good fit for them and that they can potentially see themselves working with me and us. Yeah. They absolutely have to trust us. They have to trust that we're going to tell them, you know, you're not, you're not quite ready for this. Yeah, exactly. And the last thing I was going to say was I would say that our experience doing that has informed how we're approaching our next launch and how we kind of structured that. So Stay tuned. We're, we're about to go uh, through it. So stay tuned uh, and um, listen up for what we're going to be doing for this launch, because we're definitely taking some of the feedback uh, that we got from our last out to, out to launch Patreon version and incorporating into this launch to see how it works and how it goes and how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this a lot. 
Me too. Okay, so after that, Brie had two launches, both that went, again, very, very well, <laughs> seamlessly well. So Brie, tell us about what happened next. Sure. So while I was at the lake, I had just been kind of getting frustrated with the type of people that were joining my academy. Like there is definitely a type of person that I'm looking to be in the academy with because I'm very committed to the people in the academy. I love hanging out with them. I love this group. They've been here. I've had the academy for six years, you know, so I'm very attached to it. And I just felt like I was attracting people that were like dabblers. They didn't want to commit. They were like, oh, I'll just come in here and, and see if it's for me or, you know, they'll, they think that I'm going to solve their problems all within the first month, even though I'm very specific that like you are joining this for a year, there's a payment plan, all of that. It is a commitment. A lot of people were coming in with this, oh, I'll just try it out. And and then if I don't want to stay, then I'll get out of it somehow. Or, you know, and I don't want those people. I did not want those people And having the academy open on kind of an evergreen kind of funnel, I felt like, and and honestly, using Facebook ads, right? These are people, some of these people, they did not have experience with me. Um, They were just seeing this like as a, as like a a fix it type of thing instead of like a community, which is what it is. It is a supportive, amazing community of women. And I didn't want people in there dragging it down that didn't belong. So it was bothering me. And so finally I just said, you know what? I'm going to close the academy. I don't want any more people in. I'm going to only let people in maybe once or twice a year. And they're going to be the right people because I'm going to make sure to absolutely message that on the front. You weren't shutting down the program. You were just no. basically like only shutting the door, yeah, shutting the door. So it wasn't just open forever and ever and ever. That's right. That's right. And, and while it wasn't open, like necessarily to the public before, um, people could join by going to my workshop and um, then joining through there. So there was a funnel ongoing funnel, but I, I just, I didn't feel like it was attracting the right people. So I said, you know, last time I did a launch around this, which was February, I got some amazing people. I'm like, I think I just need to do a final push and then it's done. And actually at first I was just going to close the door. I was just going to like, I'm just going to close this. I don't, I'm, I'm so sick of attracting the wrong people. I don't want it. And I was going to like focus on my, you know, high touch coaching program. I was kind of like fed up with the way it was attracting the wrong people. And and honestly, I wanted to protect the people that were in there who were amazing. I didn't want any negative energy in there. So I was just going to close it and I was on vacation and I'm like, I'm just going to close it. You know, I don't need to focus on this anymore. And then I'm like, but shouldn't I like at least let people have a chance to get in that might want to get in? They may have heard about it, but they just didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason at the time. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to do like a very short push I'm, I'm only going to put it out to people on my email list that have ever expressed any interest in the Academy that have been to the workshop that I run to like get people in there and that's it. And so it was a very easy push. You know, I let people know inside of my free group on Facebook and then I did a few emails and that was it. Like I didn't do a webinar. It did, it did nothing. And I ended up I think we ended up with like 13 new members and they, and I mean, I think nine out of the third, no, maybe we were at like 15 or 16 new members and like 11 of them paid in full. Wow. <laughs> the year, which like was not happening. I was not selling annual memberships from the people that were buying through Facebook ads and stuff because they were dabblers. Yeah. Right. The people that joined during this launch that I did, that was just a very off the cuff, impromptu, basically email only kind of launch. These people were ready to go. They were ready to, to make the commitment. And it was crazy. I was surprised how many people joined with the annual membership. So I just felt really good about it because number one, it was easy. Yeah. Um, and I ended up getting 
kind of more people than I thought I would, because I really didn't know how many people were just kind of waiting outside the door, not stepping through the door. And I did say, I'm not opening it again until 2022 and I'm not. So that was a helpful kind of scarcity thing, which was absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have so many thoughts about this, but I really feel like the scarcity part of it and like door open versus door closed is a big thing because like you just said, you didn't realize how many people were like standing in the doorway, just not making a decision. And imagine you were just like, eh, I'm just going to close it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was there too. I was like so over it. I was so sick of it being not bringing the right people that I was just like, I'm just going to deal with this next year. And I was seriously just going to not close it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is one big thing that I think that, and this is what we teach inside of out to launch too, as particularly for your first launch to do like a doors open doors closed situation is good and important. And it's because oftentimes buyers need an incentive. Like they need a reason to get off the fence and bonuses and bonus deadlines are one way to do that. But doors closed is another great way to do it. And, you know, limited entry basically of like, it's open now and then it's not going to be open for a while. It forces people to, to take action, to actually do it. Even if they might not be exactly ready yet, they'll do it. And then they'll get ready and they'll be committed because they don't want to miss out on it or have to wait even longer. Well, and honestly, like how long can you go on not being ready? Like it's just, it's almost, it becomes like an excuse, right? And it pushes you over that excuse line. I've certainly been there plenty of times with things that I wanted to do. And I'm like, yeah, but I can do that later. Or I don't think I'm ready for this yet. And when I was pushed by that deadline and did it and, you know, invested, then I actually put in the time and I was, so happy that I did. So I think people see deadlines as like a, like an uncomfortable, like a a weird, you know, pushy kind of tactic, but I don't, I appreciate them. And I know I had this conversation with some other people um, and they said the same thing. Like, I appreciate them letting me know that I have this time and giving me the heads up that like, you do need to make this decision now. And I don't think it, it's, it's pushy at all. It's just, it's just information. Yeah. They have a choice. They don't have to join. Right. It's not like you're a retailer every other week being like, your discount ends today. Your discount ends this week. Like it's not, this is, uh, you know, a, a long-term investment, your membership, like you said, people are joining for the year. They're committing to it. And it's something that people are likely taking their time to think about because it is a good investment of time and money, but they aren't, you know, you're not forcing them to make a decision. I will, I guess you kind of are. You're giving them the incentive to make a decision, but they can still say no. So you're not being salesy by saying to them, Hey, listen, I'm not holding this open loop forever. Like Brie, you were holding this open loop of people can join whenever. And it was super draining and you weren't attracting the same people. And so you, as the coach, as the business person, like you don't have to hold that open loop forever. And by setting that boundary and by just being honest about that and saying, all right, the doors are closing now. You're not doing anything bad, but giving them the boost that they need to really think about what they want and to make the decision yes or no. They can say no. You're not saying you have to say yes by this date. You're saying you have to say something. And if you say nothing, you've said no. And then you can live with that and then either feel good about the decision or say yes next time because you kind of regret not joining when you didn't. But you're still allowing them to make the decision. You're not being salesy. You're just setting a boundary and, and holding an energetic frequency that you need to hold to not be completely drained of energy all the time. Yeah, totally. And the boundary was for us too, because what we do in the Academy is we have an orientation for new members and we were doing that every month, but it was frustrating because as again, we were attracting the wrong people, people weren't showing up for the orientation, you know, they didn't really value it. And I'm like, I just want to have one big orientation for this group of people. And then we'll have another one next year when we open it up again. And it was awesome. Like we had the best turnout for our orientation in the end of August 
that we've had in a long time. So it was a good boundary for us as well, because we can serve them. And then, you know, another thing that I did that I forgot that I did kind of, but I, I showed them the value by saying like, look, this, the doors to this are closing to the public, which, which means that yes, you can still join the Academy, but only if you buy something else first. Mm. So I do like offer it as an upsell kind of from something like my Rock Your Next Release program. And so, yes, you know, you can get in, but you got to spend $500 first in order to even have the opportunity to join. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, if you just want to join outright, you've got to join now. That's right. Yeah. So I would love to ask because obviously the Academy is something you've had for many years. So you've built up the brand awareness. As you said, you had a lot of people who had already watched your, you know, webinar in the funnel and were on the fence or thinking about it. But how do you, what do you think impacted this launch in terms of it being so easy? Like, was it just that you had established brand awareness and you had warmed these people up? Do you think it had anything to do with the launching uh, that we had done in the last several months? What factors do you think were there that made this so easy? I think all of that played into it, but honestly, the biggest factor was that I let go of the results, you know, because I had originally been like, I'm just going to shut the doors. I'm so over this. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, if I get five people, awesome. That's five more than I was going to have. You yeah. know what I mean? And that is a big thing when you're showing up, like the energy that you're showing up with is like, you can join if you want to, I'd love for you to join, but like, I'm not going to be crushed if you don't, because you know, it's all gravy. I have to be honest with you. I am shocked and appalled at myself that we didn't bring this up during the Outswanch Patreon because same, literally same. <laughs> like I went into that launch just being like, okay, I guess we'll try it. Okay. And it was moving so fast and I didn't have any attachment to the program because I hadn't planned the launch. I didn't have like my heart and soul, like spending hours and hours planning the launch. And, and I'm not saying if you plan a launch, that means you're sabotaging it. I just want to be clear. This is a me thing (laughs) that I tend to get more attached when I like set really specific goals or like, um, I find it harder to let, let go. So the circumstances of the out to launch Patreon and literally having no attachment to begin with and just being like, okay, people want this. So I guess we'll try it for the people and uh, moving so quickly through it allowed for the same thing because with every new person who joined, it was like, oh, how fun is this? How cool is this? Like, let's see how well we can do, but without putting any pressure on it. Cause I didn't even have time to think about the pressure or what I wanted out of it. So yeah, I, and I think when you've been launching for a long time, you keep upping the ante for yourself. And like, for me, having been doing this for six years, um, you know, every time I feel like I've got to raise my goals and I, I have more expectations on myself. And I, you know, with our current out to launch students, I see them and they say to me, like, honestly, I will just be happy if I make it through this launch. Like if I get this out there into the world and even if no one joins, I know that I did it and I can always do it again. And I'm like, absolutely. That is a great goal. But I can tell you right now, when you're in it, you're not going to feel that way. You're like, I put a lot of of effort into this. I want to get some students, you know? So it's that balance. It's so much easier before the launch and also after the launch to look back and be like, Oh, oh, here's what I've learned or here's what I'm feeling in an ideal situation. And then when you're in the launch, it's really easy to get in your head, like so easy to get in your head or to say, this isn't going well enough. Why isn't it going well enough? What went wrong? It's not going to happen. You know, if no one's joined yet, it's not going to happen. And I think that uh, in both of our launches, we didn't do that. (laughs) So that's what made them so successful, but it takes practice and it is much easier said than done. I mean, that's why we have out to launch in the first place so that we can hold space and support people through their launches. And when those mindset blocks come up, because they will, and they do, and talking it out and having support to work through that make helps you get over it. And and then therefore not sabotage your launch because of it. Well, and I want to point out too, that we could never have done these kind of launches outright. Like I did this kind of launch. Why? Because I had an email list 
because I'd been warming them up because I actually had this funnel with this webinar where people had been going through it and they'd been hanging out with me for an hour and understood what I had to offer. Yeah. You know, you can't just like, Oh, I'm just going to do an easy launch. Like <laughs> the beginning. like you don't have any assets to do that with. Yeah. And same thing with like what we did with out to launch Patreon. Like, you know, we had built up a relationship. Like you can't just go out to a random person because I'm telling you, I get emails like this all the time of like, Oh, I've got this thing. Can you launch it to your audience for me? I'm like, no, I, first of all, I don't know you. I don't know your expertise. I, you know, I don't know if you're going to serve my students. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's all building blocks. And so email list and audience and, and um, no, like, and trust factor and relationships and all of that goes into it. Yeah. And something that came up while you were speaking too is this idea of like easy versus hard or sort of like inflow versus pushing through things. And I obviously study a lot of mindset work and techniques and, and I do that a lot with my clients and in the sort of mindset and also spiritual world, you'll hear a lot of people who are saying, you know, how you choose for something to go is how something will go. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like if you show up to your launch stressed and you just don't have any motivation to change that, then you're probably going to have a stressed launch. And if you show up to your launch and you think this is going to be easy, then yeah, it's probably going to be easier because how you approach things is definitely what you get out of them. But I do want to say that I think that sometimes it's that concept is oversimplified and sometimes things happen and we are humans and we lose the faith or we get in our heads after things happen. So you can approach a launch with any energy you want uh, and it might not always stay through the whole launch. And that's where you, the support is really helpful. And I'm not saying that to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just saying that to, to sort of combat anyone who might be being like, well, I can have an easy launch if I want to, or like, I don't have to do all this hard, hard work leading up to it. Sure. You can give it a shot, but no, from a human to human, sometimes it, it is easier said than done to hold the faith or to, get the results that you want if you haven't put in any of the work in beforehand, or if you don't have the support system to help you stay in a place where you feel aligned, where you're talking to the right people, where you're staying in flow and all of those things. I know that gets a little woo-woo kind of what I'm talking about right now, but I feel like it's worth mentioning. No, I think it's so true. And I see it with our students right now and now to launch, like it, it seems like, you know, once you set a launch date, like everything in your life will conspire against you to like make you move it or mm -hmm. you know, make it hard. And sometimes, yeah, you do have to move it. Sometimes there's a, there's circumstances that are outside of your control. Exactly. Happen in the world, in your family, in your health, whatever it is, but having that support system to like talk it through and like, okay, how can we alter this and still, you still be able to show up in a way that is going to, you know, bring the right people to you and all of that. Um, is so important because I mean, I've been in programs with people that like, they're going to launch a course. And then two years later, they're still in the program and they haven't launched their course because, yeah. you know, they didn't have somebody there guiding them through it and, and helping them push through these things that are bound to happen. And I guess if, if I could sum up what I'm saying a little bit more articulately, it's like, if you've ever felt guilty because you try to go into a launch or you try to go into anything being like, I'm so aligned. This is going to be easy. It's going to be great. It's going to be easy. And then something happens and you sort of lose that or you lose the faith or, or you get into a little bit of a funk. It's okay. Like don't beat yourself up and don't also feel like, dang it. Now I sabotaged my whole life and my whole launch because I lost that. And I wasn't thinking it was going to be easy anymore. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it takes a lot of time and practice to work through these things, to cultivate that energy. And again, I mean, support system, support system, support system. I'll say it over and over again. Cause I really think that that for me, it dramatically changes things <laughs> when I'm launching. And I know, like you said, for our students, it has as well. Yeah. And I think that, um, that's a good segue into like my, my next launch that happened because I wanted it to be just as easy as the, um, the Academy launch. 
And it wasn't, I mean, honestly, like there were some parts of it that were as easy, but I definitely went into those like funk periods, those like second guessing myself kinds of periods because I wanted it to be as simple. And that was really unrealistic because it is a new program. Yes. People know me, you know, but this is still a totally new program and I can't expect to have the same kind of reaction when I open it up that I did to the Academy that's been around for six years, than you know, a new program. Yeah. So I learned a lot during that launch for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that too. Cause I feel like, uh, <laughs> there's so much in mindset wise, like we were just talking about. It's so funny when you can go into something being like, okay, awesome. I want this to be easy too. And then you start to see evidence that maybe you need to put in more work or maybe it's, it's just not yep. happening the same way. And then you're like, this isn't happening the same way. It just happened. What's going on here. And then you get in your head and like, you lose that feeling. So, um, that's kind of funny that it happened that way, <laughs> but it's a good lesson, right? It's a good way to, to show that. And again, that like, there's nothing wrong if you're going in and out of these feelings. That's why what we teach and also just what I believe manifestation is, it's a combination of action and mindset. And that action piece has to do with preparedness and being honest. Like, what do you need to prepare? What do you need to do in order to successfully be moving towards that which you want? And then, of course, holding that that mindset piece as well. So from the action, from the what you needed to do part, what did you how did you adjust when you went into the launch and you were like, okay, it's going to be easy peasy. And then you noticed, wait, I might need to, to reevaluate the course here. What did you do? So, you know, the first part of the launch, it was easy because I was launching it to my Academy members. So it's a, it was a higher level program where they got more access to me. They got, you know, um, more direct coaching and all that stuff, which is not what the Academy is. It's more of a large group kind of community style program. So the first part was easy because I went out to them. I said, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing. Lots of people, you guys have been asking for this and people joined and I got that core group of people and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I want to get some people from my regular list. And so I, you know, I I devised this whole idea of like a wait list and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I've been promoting it on the podcast and, 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 and through some videos and things. And I did a wait list launch and it didn't go so well. So yeah, it, it, it did not, I, I got like a couple people, but it wasn't what I thought was going to happen. And I'm like, why is this, you know, so I went into like this day or two analysis of like, why is this happening? (laughs) Why? Like, I thought it was going to be easy again. And these people have been on my list for years. What's their problem? Why aren't they joining? Yeah. (laughs) These kids, they don't know what they're doing. Like, it's always like them, right? (laughs) These guys are missing out on a total deal. Like, how could they pass them? You know, it's like, it's like I was, you know, the, the program was new and I'm like, this is your opportunity to like be the first group. And like, you know, I thought that would be appealing enough to them. Yeah. And honestly, it wasn't like it, it was, I was not, I could not figure out what the problem was. And I felt like I was attracting the right people with the messaging I was doing and all that. And I was, but for some reason it wasn't enough to, to push them over the edge. And so mm-hmm. I decided, and even though I was here in Maine at the lake, like I didn't really want to do it. I was like, I think I need to do a webinar because I think they're not seeing why they need this program. Right. Like they might, they might see that it's valuable. They might know, they might know, like, and trust me, but they might not really feel that deep, like longing of like, why do I need this program? What is it going to do for me? And so I did I put together a webinar in like 24 hours. I sat at my computer, I created new slides. I did the whole thing and I delivered it twice in a day. And I could tell that was exactly what they needed because I was getting the kinds of, you know, feedback on the workshop of like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, I really need these things. And my, you know, I don't have these, I need them. And, um, 
And so I, I really was able to get that across. Now, if I had done that, I think earlier in the process, it might've been easier and better. And I might've even gotten a few more people in the program, but at least I did it. And yeah. I did that final push and I did get a few more people and I was happy and I love the group that we have now and we're starting like this week. So I'm happy with how it ended up. I do feel like if I had realized that earlier, it might've gone a little bit better, but I'm just happy that I realized it. And, you know, I know better for next time, which is all that we can hope for in a launch is to learn what we can do better next time. Yeah. And especially with higher ticket, which this program is, especially compared to your other offers, because they're getting the highest support they literally possibly could with you. That higher ticket offers tend to need more of an emotional, like buy in, yep. you know, so like a core and a connection, not just an email, right? Like, I mean, I yeah. know you do sales calls. I don't do sales calls, but I was like, I, I guess I had this hubris of like, well, you know, they know my value and yeah. they've been around long enough and they don't need that. And they did, they needed more direct connection with me and the webinar served to do that in this case. It's like a validation piece too, for them to show up and be like, okay, this is for me. And I feel really good right now doing that. So, um, and it's funny because your, uh, Academy people, they had already, even though that was lower ticket in the first place, they had already had that from you because they had already watched your webinar. Yeah. Even though it might not have been super recently, they did have that. So, um, I love that you were like, all right here's what the launch needs. So let's do it. Let's, let's give the launch what it needs. And, uh, let's, um, do a, a little bit of a touch point with them and that that changed the results. And that really goes to show too, that just because something's not going super well, or as well as you thought it was going to, or it's not meeting your exact expectations, you still have the opportunity instead of being like, well, I guess it is what it is. You have the opportunity to say, okay, what can I do right now? to hopefully change the course here and to, you know, make sure that I feel like I did everything in my power to make sure this was as successful as possible. Yeah. And, and I thought of this as a long-term play, right? I knew I was going to launch this again next year. You know, this was like our trial run. And so I was like, even if I don't get any new people creating this webinar, I'm putting the work in now and I'm going to use it again next year. So let's just at least see if it's like resonating with people. Well, of course, then when you get into it, you're like, no, I want, pe-. you know, at first you're like, okay, with the like, if it doesn't get any people, at least I got this work done and I can use it later. But then you, it's the whole launch roller coaster, right? Yeah. Then you get your first person to join on the first webinar and you're like, all oh, right, this is rolling. And then like, nobody else joins and you're like, oh. but, and then you keep reminding yourself, but I told myself that if. Like if I just got this webinar done, it would be worth it, even if no one joined, but then you still have this other thing in the back of your head. You're like, no, but I want 10 more people or I want five more people or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. We should do an episode on how, (laughs) how to get the hell out of your head when you are (laughs) launching. (laughs) Because uh, you guys, let us know if you want this. Message us on Instagram at Katie Zaccardi at Profitable Musician LLC. Tell us if you would want an episode like that, because I really think that that is one of the most crucial parts of launching. And it's like, you have to be able to rebound. You have to be able to rebound. Otherwise, you're just going to feel like shit and you're probably going to get shitty relative to what you wanted results. And it's totally not fair to the people that already said yes to you. You know, I don't want to feel like resentful by, you know, that I only got this many people versus how many I wanted. Those are people, people that put their trust in me. They've invested in me and I'm going to show up for them no matter what. And I need to turn it around in my own mind that like, yeah, maybe I had these goals and I didn't reach them. But every one of those people that did join our people and I need to serve them and I need to not have this attitude of like, but I wanted this many. Oh my God. That is such <laughs> a point uh, because it's really easy to get in the mind game of being like, my goal is 10, not 10 people, not 10, whatever. It's just 
10. Like I want to check 10 boxes of, of what names, you know what I mean? And to forget like, all right, five people have signed up so far. That's amazing. That's five whole people who want to learn from you. How cool is that? Instead of being like, but I still have five left. This is not good enough. (laughs) It's such a, oh my gosh, it's such a mind game. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, like we said, that's why our other two launches went so well, because we were able to really confidently stay out of those mind games, um, which does make the biggest difference. So yeah, I'm sure we'll have more content about mindset and launching coming. Cause I think that that's a crucial part that we should touch on more. For sure. And I think, you know, it's, it's actually really good for me. I ended up with 12 people and I'm really happy with that number because of the fact that this program is new. I am building it. Like I'm using a lot of material I already have, but I'm still totally building it and like forming it. Yeah. And having to deal with the personal needs of more than 12 people during this forming stage, I think would not, would be pretty hard anyway. So I'm actually yeah. really happy with that number. And, you know, for those of you that are like launching for the first time, it's actually a serious blessing to get three, five, six, seven people at first because it, or even one, like even one, I was going to say you're doing a one-on-one program and you get one client that's that's giving you the opportunity to really, really hone what it is that you're going to be offering later to more people. Yeah. 100%, 100%. (laughs) All right. Anything else uh, that you want to mention before we wrap up as to, you know, why our last few launches went the way that they went after we did our biggest, hardest launch in June for out to launch. (laughs) Not biggest, hardest launch ever, but we went pretty hard during that launch. So (laughs) we did. And, and everything was so new for us. You know, we were working together for the first time we had totally new, like we were revamping the program and, you know, we were getting used to working with each other. And we, so like, again, for us, like, yeah, we didn't hit our goal with that launch either, but I think what we got was amazing because we got the absolute right people. And that's really the the key, like for this program I have now, I got the right people and for the program that I, you know, the closing the doors of the Academy, like having all those people pay annually, it showed me that I got the right people. So it's like, you gotta just not gonna get over the numbers. Yeah, totally. And we were, we were actually talking, we were boxering about this the other day about like, you know, should we even set numbers and sometimes numbers like mess with your mind and, you know, yeah, like, how do you do this for yourself? And I do think it does have to do, you've got to learn to know how you respond to things. Like some people are really motivated by numbers. Some people are motivated by like really high goals And, you know, I always hear this phrase of like, you set your goal high and then you'll end up, even if you don't hit it, you'll end up doing better than you would have if you set it to something you knew you would hit. And that's very true, but it can also totally sabotage you. Completely. And I also think some people are motivated by numbers. Like I would say I love numbers and I'm motivated by them and I love crunching numbers. And I also sabotage myself because of numbers. Like I will get too attached to the numbers. And so then I'll, like I said, I can get really down about it or I can uh, get in my head. Like, why isn't this happening? Or what if this doesn't happen, then there's no other way for me to make that money or no other way for me to serve people or whatever. And so that's why knowing yourself and how you operate is so crucially important when you are entering a launch. And I'm definitely in a phase where I'm trying to let go of goals and expectations and just be like, all right, my intention is, to serve as many people as need this and to show up to the best of my abilities during this launch. And that's it. And like, hopefully, you know, we're experimenting, we're still seeing, but I feel like for me, that's something I'm toying around with because I tend to do better that way when I'm not being like, you need 10 people or you failed in life. <laughs> Cause it can get really personal really fast. Uh, if, if you're like that too. And it can be really hard to do when you're an Enneagram three, like I know we both are. <laughs> Although I am rethinking, I think I might be an Enneagram eight. I'm not really? sure. 
it's a whole thing. I still have to figure it out, but I'm definitely a three. Like, I don't think I'm rethinking that whatsoever. Yeah. So I think you are three too. <laughs> and three <laughs> are very much like, well, this is what's interesting, actually. I, you know, well, I was going to be like, you know, Fiona Flight. Like, obviously, you know, Fiona Flight. But yes. for anyone listening, if you know Fiona Flight, you should because she was on the podcast like a couple weeks ago um, or like a month ago. Um, and it was a great episode. So go listen. We had been talking about the Enneagram both on the episode and off of the episode, just privately in Instagram DMs. And I was telling her, like, I don't know. I don't know what I am. I took the test and I was an eight, but I was like, also the right below that was a three and it was a pretty close tie. And then I sort of got typed by a coach as a three. So I just identified with that. And she was like, watch these panels where they talk about the Enneagram. And that really made me feel like I was an eight because eights want to be in control more so. And threes want to be more like productive. Mm -hmm. And, um, it seemed like the threes were sort of like people who, who had really high standards for themselves and possibly had parents who had really high standards for them. And so they always just wanted to like, do, 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 go get, go get. Whereas eights are more of like, I want to be in control. I want to have control. I want to be like heard and validated. And I identify much more than, than that. But I think that I sabotage in the same way, because if I don't, if I set a goal for myself and I don't hit that goal, I feel like I'm not in control of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the boss lady. (laughs) So it's very interesting, (laughs) but still knowing those things about yourself can really help you because some people might not resonate at all with what we're saying. And they're like, I am the chillest person ever. And I don't care. And I can just show up to every launch with absolutely no attachments and it's fine. That is not the case for me personally. So I've actually never met anyone like that. I love to meet you if you are that person. (laughs) Yes. Let us know if that's you. (laughs) I feel like it's not most people in the music industry or musicians, which obviously most people in the music industry are musicians, even if they're not doing that as their main thing, because musicians are so like closely heart connected with what they do that it tends to become very personal. And then if things don't go as well, they will take that personally as well. Or, you know, if someone doesn't like your music, it's like a personal attack to you. Or if someone doesn't buy your program, it's a personal attack to you. So I feel like more people than not in this industry would gravitate towards that. And that takes a lot of working through. (laughs) You know, that reminds me, I brought this up on Office Hours the other day with our Out to Lunch students. And I was like asking if anyone had done a why didn't you buy survey? And, And they were like, no, that's way too scary. (laughs) I don't want to do that and like that I think that's that perfectionism of a musician like I don't want anyone to tell me that I did anything wrong because I'm always striving to like have you know have the best musicianship and yeah and you know be like everyone thinks that I've got all together I don't know but it's a hard thing or like right back, like I didn't buy because I don't like you as a person, which right. happens, but it's really easy to but you, you have this in your head that they're going to say that. Yeah, exactly. And that would, ne- it would never happen. Or right. if it happened, you would like, it would be from one really, really awful, awful person who does not actually represent humanity or your audience or anything like that. Right. <laughs> And then I'd be like, glad I figured out that you're there so I can get you off my list before you say something else rude to like, exactly more in public. Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and uh, a couple of things, which uh, it's actually really funny too, because as you were saying, we didn't quite reach the goal that we had set last time for out to launch, but Moving into this time, we already have a bunch of people on the wait list. We already have a lot of people who couldn't join or or weren't ready to join last time, but have already put it on their calendars to join this time. And so it builds up upon each other and and knowing that not everything's going to work out exactly the way you envisioned is okay, but it doesn't mean that you're not setting the foundation for later, just like we did with our out to launch launch for this launch, this out to launch launch, and for our other programs. You know, we weren't anticipating our other launches to go well because of our out to launch launch, but 
they did. And so it's all a win and everything that you're doing has to be done with intention and as much alignment as you can bring to it because you never know what's going to come down the line from that one thing. Yeah. And you're just, you're creating an ecosystem of people that want to work with you and they may not want to work with you yet, but they will, or they might not work, want to work with you on this thing, but they might choose another thing to work with you on. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if you want to go deeper on this, Brie and I just released a video series called how to launch your new program without being salesy. It's a free video series for music teachers and coaches, and you can get it now. You can watch it immediately, binge it if you want to. It is super juicy. We are giving it away to you completely free. And all you have to do is head to katiezacardi.com slash video series to get it. So I'm really excited for everyone to watch this. I think it's going to take some of what we talked about today, as well as some of the foundations for people who haven't launched anything before or really want to rework how they're approaching their launches to be able to do it in a way that has those building blocks and, and again, avoids that salesiness that so many people fear when it comes to launching. Yeah, I'm really excited for this because it's the thing that I see with our current students is that they really need to build up their audience and they need to create that connection with the people. So when they do get to the sales part, it isn't as scary. Yeah. And it feels like you're just making an offer to a friend or making an offer to somebody who actually needs the thing that you have. Yeah. And so that's what this series is going to, going to help you do. So definitely go check it out. Um, and we really want to hear what your guys' takeaways are. We just put this together. It's totally new. Um, and so we'd love to know like what really hits you. What are your aha moments from this video series? Yeah. Absolutely. So I can't wait for you guys to watch it. I mean, it's no surprise, but if I have to put the connection points together, like in this video series, you're going to learn how to, as Bree said, warm up and create a relationship with your audience through knowing who they are, through your content and through your sales tactics as well. And that's exactly why our last few launches were successful because we focused on so much time to warm up our audiences and so much time to build relationships with them. So this is a crucial, crucial part to having a successful launch. So again, head to katiezacardi.com slash video series to grab that. And uh, this was fun. This was a fun episode. <laughs> yep. Somehow I think I'll be back soon. Somehow. We'll see how that happens. <laughs> All right, everyone, we will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Out to Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.